Well, amen. Good morning, Identity Church. I hope you've had a good week. You know, I wanted to start off this morning by bragging on a couple people. You know, I want to brag on God because of what he did in Joe's life. So, you know, Sonia's son, Joe, he went in the hospital about three weeks ago, I guess about four weeks ago, and he had spinal meningitis. Is that it? All right. So he's running like 104 fever. He's, he's having all kinds of issues. Do you know that the man went back to work this week? Praise God. We've been praying, believing for him. He is a healed man in the name of Jesus. You know that, that God, I've seen him do this over and over and over where things should have killed us and God comes through. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I will tell you this. I also want to I want to brag on uh, on my son-in-law, man. How do you like having a bass player up here? Do you know that this is he has done such a great job. You've been playing for what three weeks now? Three, maybe four weeks. About a month. Do you know that that is called the anointing? And he's got an anointing on his life to do music. He's got an anointing on his life to cook. Man, one of these days I'm just going to get him to cook for us all. That's what needs to happen because he is anointed to cook. But I'm just going to tell you what, I am so just amazed at him. I started teaching him a couple of things. I got him a a chord sheet and he's just been listening to the songs. We got together yesterday and I was like, hey, you can do it this way or you can do it that way. Man, he just picks up on it like that. That is amazing. And so I just wanted to, to thank him, number one, for being, uh, you know, for, for putting his life into the ministry. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do in our lives if we just said yes. You know, there's a lot of things we could do in our lives if we just said, okay, Lord, I don't know how. I mean, there... There's been plenty of things in my life that I said, Lord, I don't know how. And I would also doubt myself a lot. How many people's had doubt? You know, everybody has doubt. You know that one of the, the things about doubt is, is that it is the counter to faith. See, when we trust God's word, when we trust what he is saying completely, it's like that grain of mustard seed. It's... You can have this much faith and you can move a mountain, right? You can have this much faith and you can overcome anything in your life. But you start putting doubt in, oh my gosh. You know, doubt will will supersede what we believe. Not because of God. Your doubt doesn't affect God in one bit. But see, God gave you authority over your domain over this world. Go back to Adam. What did Adam get? He got domain over the earth, over all the animals, over all the stuff. And you may go, well, I'm not a farmer. I'm not a, you know, I don't do anything with with the earth. Well, you know what? That same domain is your work. You may you may sell technology like Vicky does. I mean, I did cybersecurity for years. I I run a whole operations team now. That is my domain. And God tells us that we're supposed to put into it. What are you speaking into your domain? What what kind of things are you speaking into the the areas that are causing you to stumble? 
You know, one of the things that I keep trying to do is when something goes wrong, I don't just complain about what happened. How many people know that everybody loves a pity party? How, people like parties. I love me a pity party. I get to go and say, oh, well, that person, they just always do that. My gosh, I just can't stand them. And then I try to find the person who's going who's gonna to talk bad about them with me. Well, you know what? If you do that, then you're speaking the things over your domain that is going to come to pass. Wow, I got quiet here in this Baptist church. You know, one of the things I don't understand, and I'm going to ask the Lord one day, is why our words are so powerful. Why is it that when I speak into people's lives that I see them change? Why is it that when I speak into my own life that I see them change? You know, it's funny, I got people that I work with that didn't even know me. I've been in my job for maybe like two and a half, three months. And there's people who come to me and they're talking to me about about their job and about how things are going. And they are down on themselves because other people have been down on them. And I go and find the positive and I start talking to them about what they're supposed to be doing. And I start saying, I see these things in you. And you're going to overcome in these areas. Man, in the last two months, I've seen people go from very little production to a lot of production. Do you know that when we speak into our world, when we speak into the things that we have domain over, they're going to come to pass. There needs to be some amen, some shouting. People need to be running around here going, Hallelujah, I'm going to speak into my situation. My family, I I need to speak into my family and say, there's better things coming. See, when we don't speak the word of God over our situation, if we don't speak the positive things that God is putting in your life, you know, speak as if those, those things be not as though they were. You know, right now, there's a lot of things that are that I don't want to have happen. So I need to speak as, as though they weren't. I need to go and speak to those things. And so we're going to find out today a little bit about what we need to be speaking. Not only what we need to be speaking, but how we need to be preparing our heart. You know, your heart, if you want a good harvest, you know, I've got people in here. How many people garden? Anybody got any gardeners in here? Okay. In a good garden, do you have to have soil? Okay, I'm getting a bunch of head nods. Okay, well, you know, how about water? Do you need water? Everybody says we need water. Okay, does that just produce a harvest? Oh, I'm getting some head nods. No, you need a seed. You need something to put in that ground for it to come up. Go look at my yard. You'll find a bunch of weeds. There's been a lot of seeds that's been planted. You know, one of the things that I believe is that People have a great set of ground, but they just don't have a good way of cultivating the things that are in their life. In fact, we're going to see what Jesus had to say about this, because this is one of the things that I think most Christians fall into. I think that that we as a as a as a set of believers that we put lots of things in our life that we don't need. In fact, in um, I'm going to give you the parable of the sower. Mark chapter 4, verse 3 through 9. It says, listen. He didn't say, hey, don't listen. He said, listen up, guys. 
You need to have ears to hear right here. And it says, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and that some of the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth in the earth. But when the sun came and it scorched it, it and because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7 says, And some seed fell by thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crops. Verse 8 says, But other seed fell on good ground and yielded crops that sprang up and increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some and some one hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, there's a, there's a problem that we have that we hear all the time. In fact, I think that if we, I think a lot of times we hear so many things in our life. We hear things about what's going on in, in the news. How many people follow politics all the time? Anybody? You got people that are fought? Come on, guys. I, okay. Okay. I know y'all because I've talked to you. Okay. Okay. How many people watched that football game last night? Oh, good Lord Jesus, I would, we need to just have a prayer meeting for the quarterback. But this is the thing that I want you to understand is that there is a place where we start putting into ourselves things that we don't need to be thinking about. You know that when you put into your own heart and your own mind things that you don't need to be thinking about, that's what stops some of your crops. So what is, what is a seed that is sown? So I got two scriptures here. They both come from, one comes from Mark, one comes from Luke. And it says in uh, Mark 4 verse 13, it says, He said unto them, do you, do you not understand this parable? How then you will understand all parables? The sower sows the word. Okay? The sower sows the word. So that could be that I go and find a word. But do you know that I'm sowing words all the time? How about if, you know, I look at Brock every single day and I just go, Brock, goodness, just look at him. You know what? I, I just, I, I see you like a, you know, I see you like you're, you're uh, wearing a clown suit. Well, you know what? Eventually, if Brock starts seeing himself as a clown, he's going to act like a clown. He's going to be a clown. But if I walk up and say, man, you are the blessed of God. You can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. Those are both words that I put into him. Do you know that a lot of people are being word invaded? They're being told they're a clown. They're being told that, they're, that they've got issues in their life. They may have loved ones that tell them that. They may have people that they work with. They may have people that they don't even say the words specifically, but they act and they put the words in themselves. I'll give you an example. You know, if, if, we're, if we're doing a project and you make a mistake on the project, and every time after that mistake I start taking something away from you and giving you something more menial, people start to notice. And then they start putting their own words well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe they think poorly of me. 
Do you know that all of those words, some of them came from people, some of them came from actions, but we're the ones that actually planted it. I want to say that again. We are the one that plants those words. You know, I get seeds shot at me all the time. I get people who tell me all kinds of stuff, and I don't think on it. I let those seeds come, and I let them go. Do you know that, that the seeds of those words are just like what it says in Luke chapter 8? It says, uh, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. See, I allow people to speak into my life as long as it's the word of God. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, I kill that seed. I stomp on it. I put gasoline on it. I'm not letting it come into my heart. I want you to think about that for just a second. How many people do you know that speak into your life because you love them, you trust them, or you want to be like them, and you're looking for them to tell you something good? Well, you know what? If those people aren't telling you something good, you still are planting some of those seeds. I'm telling you, this is something that is powerful. If you don't get anything else today, remember this. If a seed comes at you and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you kill it. Because if you don't kill it, then you're going to plant it. And if you don't plant, and if you don't plant that thing, it doesn't come up as a harvest. See, a lot of times we're taking on seeds that were never even supposed to be us. I remember I was at uh, Life of Faith Church and we were, doing, <laughs> we were doing a thing and I started talking about this certain sin that I had seen out in the world. It was happening, this was like 2016, 2017. And I was just, I, I mean, in passing, it wasn't even, I wasn't preaching on it, I wasn't doing anything, but there was something happening. And I just mentioned that I see our world going in a particular direction. It was just in passing. I wasn't even in the pulpit. And like a week later, I had this lady come up to me and she said, Pastor Dusty, I just want to know, do you think that I'm in that sin? And I went, what sin? And she starts explaining it to me. I don't even remember saying it, really. Do you know that one of the things that we do is sometimes we hear stuff and we convict our own heart. See, there's a difference between what the Holy Spirit convicts you over and what you convict yourself over. I don't know why I'm going here, but I am for a second. Okay? There are things in your life that you're going to hear that you're going to convict yourself over. That's going to tell you that you're not a Christian. You know what? If you've accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you you're not a Christian. He's going to tell you get right and get tight, but he ain't going to tell you you're not a Christian. Okay, there's number one. Number two is that if you are dealing with something, if you're dealing with a word, if you're dealing with something that, that is constantly being put on you, then you need to understand whether or not it's the Holy Spirit. Was it being done in love and in peace? Or was it being done in anger and malice and strife and shame? See, the Holy Spirit doesn't shame us. The Holy Spirit corrects us. You know, my dad, Jack Cornelius, he's sitting in the back. Do you know that, and my sister's here, she'll tell you the exact same thing. My dad never said, well, you low down good for nothing. You just went out there and you broke that window. 
you and your cousin Chris went out there and shot that window with a BB gun. And, you know, my dad never said, well, you're just a good for nothing. You know, my dad was mad. And my dad said, you ain't going to do that again. I'm going to tear your butt up. You know what? I never shot out another window with a BB gun. But do you know that the same way the Holy Spirit is just like my dad? And see, that's hard for people to understand. It's hard for people to understand that in peace and in love, when he's going and he's telling me to do things and trying to correct me, there was still love behind it. He wanted to see the best for me. Do you know that there are times in our life where what we do is we convict ourselves and we allow ourselves to be shamed. We allow ourselves to take on the the malice and the shame of the world. This is important. If you're not getting this this morning, I don't know if you'll ever get anything out of the Word of God. See, that's one of the reasons why Jesus said it the way He said it in Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. He said... Do not you understand this parable? You do not understand this parable. How then will you understand all the parables? See, you have to understand that your words and other people's words can't affect you. You have to, you have to allow or disallow them. What are you doing? In fact, Jesus actually explains this further in, in uh, Mark Four fifteen, and I'm going to break down. The, I'm going to break down the different parts of the the wayside and the thorns and all that and the rocky ground just a little bit, so you kind of understand what's happening here. And it says in Mark four fifteen, it says these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word. That was sown in their hearts. This word for heart is cardiac. It's where we get cardiac. It means the core, innermost part of someone's being. It is your core belief system. What does your core belief system say about a lot of things? You know, if somebody was to come by and say, well, you're not free. You're a slave. Everybody in here is from the United States of America. You go, Merca, I am not I'm free. You'll stand up right now and fight somebody over your freedom. You know why? Because you have been free all your life. You go to a third world country where they've never been free, that they're being taxed to death, nobody ever gets to see a, a, a dime of their money, that they may, the government may come in and take their stuff from them. There was a lady and... and uh, a man and a woman from Cuba, they were older, they probably passed away by now because they were in their 60s or 70s. But they were getting, uh, Cuba was being taken over in the 50s by Castro. And they were about to get married and this woman had a wedding dress. And so the communists came in and they told them, they said, no one owns anything anymore. Every, everything's communal. Your car is communal if you have it. Your your food is communal. If you have a dress and somebody else wants to wear your dress, then guess what? It's no longer your dress. It's owned by the people. How many people just got a little angry about that? Well, you know what? That's exactly what the communists did and they came in. And they had to flee. 
They came in, they, they raided her house, they took her dress. And that was when they decided we're going to America because they're free. You know that this is the thing. In our own lives, we right now would say, I would shoot, the fir- I would shoot my gun at the people coming into my house until I had no more bullets. I'm just going to tell you straight up. We start getting into this thing, just like over in New Mexico right now. I'm about to get a little political here because it pissed me off last night, but I'm just going to tell you. All right? You got a mayor, you got like a governor over there that is taking away people's gun rights for 30 days just because, and she's calling it a health, a a health emergency. You know what? That's the first step to saying you don't have your God-given rights in America. Don't do it. Don't let people tell you, well, that's the best way that we got to go. No, it's not the best way. Because guess what? The people who got shot over there didn't get shot by somebody that was a law-abiding citizen. Sorry. Gun rights only affect the people who, who actually follow the law. You know, it's a little bit like locks. Are the locks, the locks are for the good people. I'm telling you the truth. The locks are for the good people. Because if somebody wants to, they can smash that window in, come take all of our equipment, everything else. They can go to your house today. The good people go, there's a lock on that house. I'm not going to go in it. It's not my house. You know that this is one of the things I want you to understand about your freedom in God is that we have to stand up. And so when, so when Satan comes and takes something out of your belief system, then guess what happens? You become a person that is less than. You start losing a part of your freedom in Christ. So who you are as a core member, like somebody come put a gun to my head and say, renounce Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I'd say, shoot me in the head. Because my core belief system is that Jesus, I mean, I've met the man. I've sat in the middle of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm not sitting here just going, well, I read the word and it just made sense to me. If you come to me and you want me to make sense of the word for you, I will show you what the word says. But I want you to experience the Holy Spirit. If you don't experience the Holy Spirit, the word of God means nothing. Just go ahead and burn the book. Because the Holy Spirit's the one that teaches you all things that you've been taught. See, a lot of times people, they go in, and I don't even have my Bible right here. But my Bible is just a book. It's got words in it. There's nothing powerful about that book. The only thing I can do is throw it at you and maybe knock you out. That's about it. But do you know that the Word of God, when you pair it with the Holy Spirit then it becomes alive. And then you get revelations of who you are in Christ Jesus. I still remember it to this day sitting in Victory Christian Fellowship and I hear, you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. And you know what? I went from not having, I didn't have a high school diploma. I didn't have anything to, the Lord started speaking to my heart and telling me, oh, you can be anything that I have called you to be. You know that from that point until I got my master's degree in computer engineering, it took me 11 years. But God had to pull a bunch of rocks out of my heart. 
Right now, you could come to me, you couldn't put those rocks back in my heart. I can't even put them back in my heart. I've seen God work too many times in my life. I've seen things happen that you would, it would just, it'd turn your hair white. Because God has made a way where there seems to be no way multiple times in my life. So the wayside, it's a journey You know, along this journey that we're living right now, there's a lot of times that people don't understand that I need to sit down and listen to what God is saying. People will go, ah, I don't have time for that. Well, you know what? If you don't sit down and you don't listen, then you're not going to receive. It's just as simple as that. You need to be a good receiver because God is broadcasting like crazy. God is broadcasting to you and you need to be able to hear what he's got to say. This is not a problem with God. This is a problem with you. You hadn't tuned your radio. How many people got a radio in your car? You know, when you go to tune that radio, now the old radios, you know, you would tune it and it would be a little off. It would be fuzzy and you'd have to just tune it in just right. Now we got the digital radios. Well, it goes straight to the the actual tuner. But do you know that when you have to tune yourself in, sometimes I'm not hearing good enough from God. Well, that means I need to go spend more time with Him and go spend more time with His Word. I need to get to a place to where I hear Him better. You go, Dusty, how do you do that? I'll give you, there's no formula, but I'll give you my formula. You can try it out if you want to. Go put on some praise and worship by yourself. Don't have a bunch of people around. You go take your kids and you duct tape them to the wall in another room. Okay, all you people who have kids back here. You duct tape them to a wall over in, in another room. You close the door. Put in ear, you put in your headphones and you put on praise and worship music. And you allow that praise and worship music. And you just start thinking about who God is and about where he's at. Man, the Holy Spirit will be there just like that. You know what? And then you can get into the Word and the Word will become flesh. It will become real. It will come in and it will change who you are. You know, when I start hearing the fuzziness that's happening in my life, I'm like, yep, I didn't spend enough time this week. You know what? You got to get your mind out of it. You got to let the Holy Spirit take over. That's, that's my, it's not a formula because the Holy Spirit sometimes tells me to do different things. Oh yeah, by the way, at the end of that, go take the kids off the wall, okay? You rip them off, you, you feed them something after a few hours and all that kind of, that's a good babysitting tip, by the way, too, if you've not understood babysitting. Uh, but some people, they just, they go, oh, I've already heard that word. You know, there are, there are messages that people have taught that I've went back and listened to it over and over and over and over and over and over because I'm just, it's starting to, starting to get there. I'm starting to believe it. You know that you need to go back to the Word. If, if you're sitting there and all of a sudden you feel like you need to be listening to To some message, let's just say that all of my messages are online. If you want to go listen to them over and over again, just go for it, okay? They're all free. 
But if God starts telling you to go listen, I mean, one of the things that, that God puts on my heart all the time is Philippians chapter 4. I read that thing over and over and over. Sometimes I'll read it once a day because it's, it's kind of my chapter. It's kind of the, the thing God has, has talked to me out of so many times because it talks about peace. It talks about who we are in Christ Jesus. And it talks about my provision. And see, if you get a hold of those three things, for me, that, that, that just keeps speaking to me. And it just keeps building me up because I forget. I got a leaky head. How many people's got a leaky head in here? You forget things. Okay, I got people pointing at other people. So, okay, that's good. That's good. Woo! This is going to be hard going home this afternoon. I'm just going to tell you straight up. But see, I want you to understand that Satan sometimes comes along and will try to snatch those things out of your head. You go, well, Satan in my head? No. Satan is sending things to you that changes your mind. That tries to negate whatever you just learned. I think this is important because a lot of times you'll get a hold of something and then the next thing a trial will come. And you'll go, well, then I guess the word didn't work. Well, guess what? This is not a try. This is a do. Do you know that you don't try the word, you do the word. You don't try the word because the word is made to be done. You need to take a hold of the word and the things that are that God's speaking to you. You need to just move in that direction. Don't allow Satan to come and counteract with doubt the things that God has put in your heart. See, that's one of the reasons why we need to understand that whenever we get something in our heart, that we need to protect it. You know, there's a lot of people, y'all go and you'll... You'll plant stuff out here in the garden. And in your garden, how many people get the, the worms and all the other stuff that gets in your, your tomatoes, right? And then you get these mushy, wormy tomatoes. How many people want to eat that? Anybody? No. Nobody wants to eat that stuff. You know why? Because it's destroyed. But if you protect it, then what, what's going to happen is it's going to grow up and it's going to be good for you. It's going to be nourishing to your body. More on that in a minute. Mark chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. So we get to the stony ground. Verse 16 says, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, so they endure only for a time afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arise for the word's sake. So the word gets attacked. How many people's had the word get attacked? You know, I've even had believers come to me and try to counteract the word. And I'm going, what's in any of your business? You know that if you get a hold of something, don't let somebody else come take it away. You know, one of the things that uh, kept attacking a friend of mine years ago was science. He, he would say, science tells us that, you know, the earth, uh, the world, uh, all the worlds of the universe is 14 and a half billion years old. The world's uh, four and a half billion years old. All this other stuff. And so he goes, well, then if that's the case, then the Bible is, is not true. And I'm sitting there going, well, you know, this is one of the problems that we have is that you think that time with God is linear. 
But if God is God, then God lives outside of time and he lives outside of space and he lives outside of everything you can think about because he's so much more God than you can ever make him God, by the way. Your mind is not big enough, by the way. Y'all are too stupid to be able to make God something other than God. He's beyond you. This guy told me, you know what? That's true. If God can be explained, he's not much of a God. Well, you know what's funny about this is that we go 14 and a half billion years and we go, God could have aged the earth. God could have aged the universe. God could have done anything if God is God. Who cares? You know, I, I want everybody to say, who cares? Do you know that there's a lot of times that we just need to go, who cares? You know, the other day I was reading a thing online. I think I actually shared it, but they, they found Sodom and Gomorrah and they found that a nuclear type attack happened and they, because of all the, the angles of the burn rate that happened, they're actually fi- finding that Sodom and Gomorrah, that it blew the earth there up and it covered everything in salt and completely crystallized it. That's the reason why we have the Dead Sea the way it is. They're finding that we're talking about science is, is finding this stuff. This is not Dusty making it up. This is happening. And the, the scientific community doesn't want it to come out because they're like, well, those weird, freaky Christians, they're going to turn it into Sodom and Gomorrah. And it was true in the Bible. Well, you know why? Because it was true in the Bible. <laughs> okay? You, you know, the, the thing is, is that I, before I even found out about that, I believed in Sodom and Gomorrah. Before I believed in any of that. Hey, Jonah and the whale, we talked about that last week. You know that there, you can go look it up. I, I challenge you, you can go find between four and six times on, just Google it, that people who've been swallowed by whales, people go, well, that can't happen. Whales don't swallow people. They do. It's happened at least six times. See, what we have to understand is that God is so much bigger than what we can think. If you can think it, then he wouldn't be much of a God, would he? So I want you to understand that when we have the word that's being persecuted and attacked, then we start thinking of it less And so those words that come at us, that are trying to be planted, we start digging them up. And see, what happens when you dig up a seed? It doesn't produce. See, this is one of the things that we need to understand is that it becomes a stumbling block for us. This word here in verse 17, it it says, And they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time and afterward when trials and tribulations, persecution arise for the word's sake. So that word gets attacked. Immediately they are offended. This word offended is scandalous. And scandalous is where we get scandal. It becomes a scandal. How many people go, when you think something's true and all of a sudden you find out it's not? How many, you know, there's probably a bunch of you, uh, you know, uh, real housewives of 
of Atlanta or something like that. And it's like, oh, they all, they all thought that, that, you know, such and such was a good man. And then all of a sudden they find out he's, he's having an affair. Well, you know what's funny about that is that it wasn't a scandal to me because the, if you're watching that show, which is trash, but if you're watching the show, there's going to be a scandal. It was designed for a scandal. I mean, it was built in. They're paying them to scandalize. You know that whenever something is a stumbling block because it's a rock in your heart, that means that you stumble over it. It's a scandal. It, it, it stops you from being able to go forward. That's why we got to get those rocks We've got to dig them up. We've got to get that unbelief out of our heart. Because once we get the unbelief out of our heart, we can move forward in ways that we've never been. You know, Jesus himself had cursed the fig tree. In Mark 11, 23 and 24, he says, Say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart. But whatsoever things that when you say them, you believe that they will come to pass. If you say in this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, that's a pretty big rock. I don't know if there's a mountain, you know, in y'all's heart, but God says that we can speak those things and believe them and those rocks are going to be gone. The mountain of your disbelief will be out. It will be kicked from you. Do You know that the sea is the sea of forgetfulness. You know, once we get it out of our hearts, then we forget it. You know, I think a lot of people, I need y'all to chew on this over the next couple of weeks. Because this is so powerful that if you just, if you skip over it, then you won't take the time to think about those things that are stumbling, that are making you stumble every single day. All right, I'm going to move on. So we're going to talk about some thorns here. Mark 4, 18, it says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones that who hear the word and the cares, the anxiety of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. This is deceived by like money and power, fame, you know, anything that we consider more valuable. You know, our, our young people nowadays, you know, they... They think the, the tip-top job is to be a YouTuber or, or to be, you know, TikTok famous or whatever it is. Do you know that they have made it more valuable to go out there and dance to some music that somebody else has danced and hope that it goes viral in order to make money so that they can keep doing this? Do you know that this is exactly how the, the porn in- industry gets started? You know, back in the... 60s, 70s, and 80s, people went to L.A. to go become models. They go to L.A. to become a model. More more than likely, they weren't as pretty as all the other girls. But they decided, I'm going to be pretty enough. I'm going to go out there. Well, then they get out there. And in order to be a model, people go, hey, why don't you just take some pictures with no clothes on? Well, then that's the gateway to going and taking pictures of doing other things. Do you know that we see this in our society where people get more and more graphic to get more and more views? It is a constant thing that is happening in our society. People are becoming more withdrawn from people face to face 
Well, if I don't have to deal with you face to face, you can take your clothes off. Well, you know, I say all this because the scandal, the thing that is happening in our, in our society is that we start valuing other things more than ourselves. All those people that are doing that, at one point in time, they valued themselves. And then at some point in time, they stopped valuing themselves. And they started valuing money and fame and power and other things more than that until the fact that they don't even look like themselves anymore. And that's the sad thing that I see about this generation. It's they don't value themselves. They only value money and power. All right, we're going to bring it up a little bit. I know I just brought us down a little bit, but let's bring it up just a little bit. And it says, And the desires for other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So I want you to understand that Jesus didn't say any of these grounds were bad. In fact, Jesus said the ground was okay. It was all the other stuff. It was the, the thorns and, and the rocks. And the fact that the seed got thrown on the concrete. See, what we have to understand is that your ground is good. Say, my ground is good. You know that your ground is so good that it can produce seeds that will go in. I mean, it will change your family. It will change your, your grandkids. It will change your great-grandkids for every generation that keeps going. Do you know that's one of the reasons why when the Lord got a hold of me and I started putting in to my kids, I know my grandkids are going to be okay. Because my kids are okay. Do you know that that's one of the things is that I didn't let any rocks be put in their heart. I didn't let anything that was, that was hindering anything that has to do with my family. I didn't allow it to be. I would kick it out. I wouldn't go places. I wouldn't watch certain things. I got news for you. Don't watch. You know, everything that says, you know, mature while your little kids are running around. Because guess what? They're going to be hearing it. just felt some toes get stepped on but anyway as a as a as a whole you have to be able to put things into people's hearts that are long lasting you don't want it to be something that kills them you don't want it to be something that starts them on a path you know that in everything in our society we have to be the ones that say no when something comes along and it doesn't line up with the word of God, we got to go, no. I don't go to certain movies. I don't go and, and, and do certain things. Are all of them sin? Absolutely not. If you want to go watch Breaking Bad, that's perfectly fine with me. If you want to go watch any of these other things, that's perfectly fine with me. That's between you and God. But your kids, if you're watching it at the same time that they're in the room, they're listening. They're watching some dude get his head cut off. They're watching somebody be dissolved in a bathtub, all right? This is one of the things that as a society, we need to say no. Because if we don't, see, my kids didn't even watch, do we watch horror movies? No. You know why? Because I didn't want to desensitize them to death. Now, I watched a lot of horror movies when I was a kid. Do you know that, that I'm sort of okay, I guess. 
But do you know that one of the things about this is, is that when my kids see that kind of stuff, they're like, uh, I don't want to, I mean, why would somebody want to do that? Do you know that all of that is not, I'm not down in your, I'm not harsh in your gig. But what I want you to understand is that when you start putting into people, especially at a young age, they're going to see things differently if you didn't put it in there. It's just the truth. All right. The word becomes unfruitful when we let the world tell us how to live. This is, this is one of those things. The other things here is a choke point. Because they just talked about deceit and riches and power and anxiety and all that kind of stuff. And most of us have to deal with that. But the other things, there's more to it. There's more things that you guys see and deal with than I could ever list on a, on a PowerPoint slide or anywhere else. Those other things, if they get in front of the word, then you need to get them out. Get those rocks out of your heart because the word of God is the only thing that's going to grow a good harvest. And guess what? If you've, if you've got a harvest of bad things that's in there, start today. Start today. Put the word in. Today, I've done started you down a path. You at least know what the problem is. So I want to show you one more thing here. So Mark 4.20, because this is one of the things that people don't understand about their salvation. Okay? In Mark 4.20 it says, But these things are the, are the ones sown on good ground, those that hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. I want you to understand something about your 30, 60, and 100 fold. How many people know that we're made in the image of God? Everybody? Everybody, I hope so. Okay? How many people know that God doesn't have a nose or ears or eyes or a body, right? Everybody knows that. God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are made in His image. We are the Spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. We are in the image of God. And see, when God is talking here through Jesus about who we are and what we've done, when we get saved... That's 30%. That's roughly a third of us. We, we, just like Ephesians chapter 1 uh, verse 13, it says that we heard the word, we believed, and now we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That means that you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've been sealed. That means your whole body, your, your soul, it didn't get nothing. But your spirit man is different. You got saved and now you've got to renew your mind by the word of God. And see, some people, when they actually get the, the harvest going, they, it now goes from their spirit to their soul, their mind, their will, and their emotions. They get completely re revolutionized. And their mind, will, and emotions, once they get that a hold of them, then, man, it starts just taking over their body. So you get that 30, which is, I got saved. And most people get saved and get stuck. That's as far as they ever go. Well, I got saved, but I, I haven't renewed my mind. Well, you know what? If you haven't renewed your mind, then you're not going to get the 60-fold. And if you didn't renew your mind, then you're definitely not going to have it happen out here in the world. You know that rivers of living water are supposed to flow out of you. You know, when you have 100% of your, of your harvest, that means that it's enough for you and it's enough for everybody around you. 
It means I'm putting in so much that God has created in me that I now can go and give that to somebody else. My harvest is able to feed others. You know, that's one of the problems that I see in our society is that people just, they'll get you to salvation. Well, we got you to salvation. You got saved. Woohoo! Wait to die. Oh, doesn't that sound good, guys? How many people think that sounds great? Let's just all get saved and we just wait to die. No! He said he wanted to give us everlasting life. He wanted to take us to new places that we had never been before. You know, when we have the life of God on the inside of us and we renew our mind by the Word of God, it's just like Romans 12, 3. 12, 2 and 3. And it says that, We're not conformed by the world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Do you know that once you've renewed your mind, then your body is out here and you're just feeding people. You know, I have people come to me all the time that they're feeding off of my trees, of my love and joy and peace and long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance, faith. You know, you need to... You need to put your fruit out there for people to eat off of. Because there's people in your world that you are supposed to be feeding so that they can actually grow a harvest. You know, one of the things I like about an apple is that an apple grows, and if you take that apple, there's five seeds on the inside of it. You know that there's the potential to have five trees that produces thousands of apples out of those five seeds that was in one piece of fruit. See, God's seed producing and multiplying power is so amazing that it would just make orchards and orchards and orchards of harvest for other people. Because there's not enough for you to eat. Or there's not enough of you to eat that, that whole harvest. So some 30 is, man, I got saved. Some 60, I renewed my mind by the word of God. And then some 100 is now, it's just coming and flowing out of me. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray that your spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that when you are blameless, that you are whole, is when you're walking in that 100%. You've gotten every bit of it. And I'm going to show you how the heart is broken up. I want you to think about this for just a second. I call it the ketchup dilemma. How many people like ketchup in here? How many people have a dilemma with ketchup? I put way too much of it on my food. I'm just going to tell you straight up. It's bad for me, but I like it, you know. But let's just say this. What if I gave you a tomato? We grew a seed from a tomato seed. We grew tomatoes, and I just I take tomatoes, and I make ketchup. You think that's all we need is just is just the tomato seed? I'm getting uh-huh. oh we got oh we need more than that. Well, what's in ketchup? Well, I got some stuff here. Um, the ingredients of ketchup is tomato, sugar, vinegar, seasoning, spice. Um, the spice and flavors vary, but but it includes things like onion, allspice, coriander. Uh, cloves, cumin, garlic, mustard, and sometimes even celery, cinnamon, or ginger. Okay, that's like 13 things in order to make a bottle of ketchup. 
See, our heart is no different than you trying to create ketchup. Our heart has so many different areas that we need to actually understand and we need to plant in. You've got things that you need to plant in about your salvation. If you've gotten saved, then you've planted a seed. If you are going between the seed of your salvation and now you want to know more about God, then you're planting seeds of the Word of God so that you understand the history and the, the context and the things of the Word. But then, oh, well then I need peace. So you go to like Philippians 4, 3, uh, 4 7 and 8, and it says there's the peace of God that passeth all understandings in your heart your belief system, and in your mind. So that would be your mind, will, and your emotions. And see, that's what I want you to understand is that there are so many compartments to your heart that you need to be planting seeds in every single one of them. If you want to have a good catch-up, you just don't need to plant one thing. It's one of the reasons why the Word of God is so robust is that we've got to plant it. How about some healing? By His stripes, we were healed. Well, if I was healed, which is what 1 Peter 2.24 says, then I start bringing it in the present tense form. I am health. You know what? I'm planting seeds for my health. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I just got some prosperity there. Oh, I need to, I need to make friends with my family and with my friends. Then, you know... Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, that men shall give into your bosom with the same measure that you meet shall be measured to you again. That means that if I give to Vicky, I'm probably going to get something back from Vicky. If I give to Caleb, I'm going to get something back from Caleb. Do you know that when we put in, we're going to get back out? See, there's more areas of your heart. How about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, forgiveness, gentleness, meekness, faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know that in every area of your heart, you need to build an orchard so that you can have a harvest and give it to other people? All right, Matt, come on up here. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you say to yourself, you know what, I don't know if I've accepted Jesus Christ. Because that's the first seed that you have to plant. Is you have to plant the word of God. That Jesus came and he died for your sins. And that, and that because he died for your sins and you've made him Lord, then now you have rights to the family. You become an inheritant son and daughter to God through Jesus Christ. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please raise your hand. I'd like to pray for you so that you can be brought into the family and so that now you can have and partake into the harvest. Everybody here is saved. I'm just going to do this. I, I just feel led to do this. I want everybody to say this with me. I'm going to pray I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I accept Jesus as Lord. He died for me on the cross. He was buried for three days. He got 
the keys to sin and death from Satan. And then he was rose to life again. And I believe in him. In Jesus' name. If you said that simple little prayer right there, then you are saved. For those of you that are listening on the podcast or listening in our live stream, you are saved if you've said that prayer. But I say this now to you that since you're now saved and and you've gotten this 30%, you need this 60, you need your mind, your will, and your emotions to line up with the Word of God. So I'm just praying over each and every person right now that your mind and your will and your emotions is open to the Word of God and to be renewed. Father, I come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I pray over each and every person. I thank you, Father, that you are just opening up their minds, that there's areas in their hearts that need to be dug up, that there's areas where there's rocks, where there's thorns and thistles, Father, and that there's seeds that have not been fully planted. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you are revealing those things to them right now. And I thank you, Father, that they are getting those rocks out. That some of those rocks they like because they're familiar. But Father, you're going to show them a better way. You're going to show them how to get them out of their heart. And I just pray right now that as they go and and they go into their life, that you are causing these seeds to be planted and they are being germinated and they are... And they are uh, just going further and further, faster and faster are these harvests being grown. And I thank you, Father, that those things which they've planted that are no good for them, I pray that they die right now at the root in Jesus' name. I pray right now that they are dead and they are no longer producing bad fruit in their life. I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you are giving them a direction about where to go and about how to take these things and not be conformed by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind. Father, I just thank you, dear Lord, that as they are growing and and there's harvests that are being received, that they're feeding other people. Father, I just pray over each and every person. I thank you. I love them. I thank you, Father, for the goodness and the mercy that you have. I thank you for the goodness and mercy that you're giving them. I thank you, Father, that you are blessing them, that you're opening up opportunities, that they're going to get more and more money and opportunity, and and they're going to get more and more health, Father. I thank you that health is just coming to them in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that there is goodness that is coming their way. I thank you that their relationships are being healed. I thank you, Father, that they are coming to a place of goodness in their life. We just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.